The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is our second show for 2015. We've been at this now for, this is our fourth year, so we're um, very pleased with the way things are going. We're the number one business global radio show for entrepreneurs, and we're going to be bigger and bigger and bigger and better in 2015. Last week, we brought you the show live from the Intercontinental Hotel in the heart of Sao Paulo in Brazil. This week, we're back in my hometown of Los Angeles, and uh, throughout the year, we'll be bringing you a number of the Bob Pritchard radio shows from various countries around the world. I think there's about seven scheduled at the moment. So this program's all about helping entrepreneurs to be successful. You know, it's very difficult to be an entrepreneur, and it's very difficult to be successful. So we need all the help we can get. So what we try to do on this program is bring you advice that can help you avoid the mistakes that you might otherwise make if you hadn't heeded the lessons. And uh, 2015 is going to be a phenomenal year for business. All the indicators are great. The country's growth is great. Unemployment growth is employment growth is great. It's there's a lot of money around. It's a perfect time to be an entrepreneur. So if you're thinking about going out and starting your own business, whether it's in the tech area or whether it's inventing something that you think could help the average person in their daily life, or even if it's buying a dry cleaning store, this is the time to do it. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off. Get into it right now. Now, we will continue to give you advice and interviews throughout the year. I've got 15 interviews lined up so far for this year, and uh, to give you the, the latest in practical advice and news to help you build your business. Now, if you're being deluged, like most of us, with information, urgent tasks, meeting requests, you sit there and go, how am I going to juggle all this? And I know that happens to most of us, because I know it certainly happens to me. Having the right mobile apps for business is absolutely critical if you want to remain productive and cope with the pressure that today's um, business puts on you. So which apps should you choose? So which reminders will motivate you? What drives you absolutely nuts? What do you want in your face and what do you want to keep behind the scenes? Well, I want to tell you today about five mobile apps for business that let you organize your day your way. They can be used both on Apple and Android, 
And the best part, the absolute best part, they are all free. First one is easily do, just like it sounds, E-A-S-I-L-Y-D-O. It's kind of like an octopus reaching its tentacles into the depths of your phone, connecting with your email and your Facebook and your LinkedIn and your Twitter and your Evernote accounts and cleaning them all up, removing the duplicates, all invalid addresses, all go. Then it tells you how to get to your upcoming meeting. It gives you driving directions and weather conditions along the route. And if you're running behind, it can even send a text message to the people that you're supposed to meet saying, hey, I'm late, but I'm on my way. It also scans your inbox and alerts you to immediate action items and urgent emails. It tells you who's having a birthday and sends them your best wishes. And it does all this by being heavily integrated with your other apps. The idea is to help you accomplish whatever you think is important in the most efficient way possible. So that's easily do. It's a really proactive assistant that saves you time and, and it's so convenient. Every task's carefully curated based on the pain points that you know busy professionals like us have to address every day in our lives. The second great app for busy executives is Timeful. Again, like it sounds, T-I-M-E-F-U-L, which not only schedules events and tasks, but it helps you develop the good habits you never find time for. You know, I've always got these great intentions, but I never seem to get to do them. So it's got three scheduling categories. First is events. They're things like meetings and that sort of stuff. They've got things that you need to do and things you want to do regularly. Like let's say you bound out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and you race to the gym and sort of 5.30 to 6.30 where you do those monotonous, boring, difficult exercises, well, it'll schedule it in for you. And uh, you just tell your app your schedule, your working hours, your sleeping hours, your most productive times, and the um, algorithm sets up your events and to-dos and finds out what it thinks will work for you in the best times. I think that's pretty cool. Of course, you could do this yourself, couldn't you? I mean, it's not hard to do, but do you do it? If you're like me, the answer is no. So Timeful just might provide the boost you need to get you to follow through with that. The third great app that everybody that's under pressure should have is Team Viewer. How often has this happened to you? You've worked for weeks on a presentation and you get on the flight and you get off at the other end and they go to the meeting and realize that, oops, I forgot to bring the presentation. Shit, what am I going to do? You know where it is on your home computer. You can see it in your head. But a fat lot of good that does you when you're 5,000 miles away. Now, I know that's happened to me quite a few times. I've got there and I've said, oh, God. I finished it in a frantic hurry before I left home, but I forgot to put it on a stick or I forgot to transfer it to my laptop or whatever. Well, if you had TeamViewer, it wouldn't be a problem. It's one of those mobile apps that accesses remote computers with a single mouse click and transfers those files to you in seconds. It also allows you to collaborate on documents with other people. So even if you're 
business doesn't use the enterprise version of the app, it's still available for individual use. And if you're like me, it is bloody handy. The fourth great app is Doodle. Let's say somebody wants to schedule a meeting, but you can't make it at 10. So you send back your response. There's 20 people going to the meeting. They all send back their responses. So you end up with 20 emails saying that they can't make that time or this time or another time because they've got to take their dog to the vet or they've got to do something or another. And it's all boring bullshit that you don't give a rat's ass about. So Doodle builds itself as the scheduling tool that you'll actually use. And I promise you, you will. It's just um, enables you to see all the events being set up in one place with a simple visual interface that shows at a glance when the best time's likely to be. That's the only thing Doodle really does, but it does it really well. The fourth great app for business is WPS Office. That's WPS, just like it sounds. As phones have morphed into phablets and tablets have grown smarter, more people are using them not just to check emails, but to actually get real work done. I know, I've got the iPhone 6 Plus and I just bloody love it, Um, except you can't put it in your pocket very easily, but never mind. Um, Well, WPS Office allows you to get real work done. So you can edit documents, spreadsheets, PowerPoint slides, read PDF documents. It's got a built-in file manager. You can access uh, information from the cloud. It, it's also got an autosave function in case you get distracted. And document can, it's got document encryption for security. So it's very cool. It's perfect for those who occasionally want to work on the go. And it's dangerously addictive for workaholics. Let's face it, there's people like me all over the place that need as much help as possible scheduling our lives in this complicated world. Now, the next one, if you're in your 50s, you just might remember these words from the $6 million man television series back in the 70s. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him better, stronger, faster. Remember that? It was a lousy series, but most of us remember it. Remember we had about three channels, six channels or something back then. Well, we're very close to that dream becoming a reality, and this is a really interesting story. I think it came out this week. Many athletes today are using science to improve their performance. They've got access to a plethora of real-time data that measures everything from their heart rate to their brain activity to the force of every single step that they take. And the goal of this is twofold. To improve performance is obviously the most important one. But secondly, to avoid injuries, particularly when you're paying players millions of dollars, then you want to make sure that you get the most out of them and that they stay healthy as much as they can. Now, P3's 3D Motion Analysis Lab, it catches health issues before they surface, taking all the guesswork out of how a performance affects an athlete's body. So through an NFL game, you know what toll that game is taking on the athlete. Now, P3 can collect over 2,500 data points on an athlete during a training session. Now, when you think about it, a Formula One motor car has got 250 data points, which they send to the satellite, goes to the thing, gets worked out, sent back to the car, and they fix the car on the go. Well, same thing with the athlete. 2,500 data points on the athlete and can even study the electrical 
electrical activity of the player's brain to see how the brain adapts in the face of failure, success, or pressure. Jesus. So Catapult, which is an Australian company, produces wearable sensors that tracks athletes' health and their performance in real time. The device is about the size of a beeper, you know, or half the size of a cigarette packet. And it can track things like orientation, direction, acceleration, um, heart rate, can tell how hard the athlete's working, whether they need a breather or whether they don't. Very cool. So, And science is now working towards tiny little chips that can be injected under the skin and monitor an athlete 24 hours a day, tracking their sleep, their, their EKG, their respiration rate, and other indicators of an athlete's performance. There's also body tattoos, ultra-thin, flexible electronics. They adhere to the skin and can monitor hydration. Now, you can just imagine that a team that invests hundreds of millions of dollars in an athlete over their lifetime are interested in tracking their investments 24-7. Well, now they can do it. I must admit, though, I'm really confused. We don't allow body doping, you know, which is super oxygenating your own blood. Now, you're not allowed to do that. And you're not allowed to take a whole bunch of performance-enhancing drugs. And you're not allowed – I mean – Serena Williams last week had to check whether she could have a coffee before she played tennis in this in the Brisbane Open. So you've got to check to have whether you can have a cup of coffee to improve your performance. But you can be running around with fourteen hundred chips in your body telling you what's good, what's working, what's not, and, and fixing things that aren't working so well. Does that make sense to anybody? Maybe I'm missing something. Just seems to me to be Bloody stupid. Now, we're all thrilled when um, fingerprints went, you know, for me to get into my um, iPhone 6. I've got a, I can use my um, my finger, get my fingerprint, and bingo, my um, phone opens. And uh, I thought, wow, that's really cool because my fingerprint supposedly is unlike anybody else's fingerprint in the world. So therefore, it's unique to me. Um, so nobody can hack it, short of chopping off your finger. And of course, they've got to have your phone. But short of chopping off your finger, they're not going to get it. So I was thrilled when when fingerprint um, passwords came along because I don't have to remember any more of those bloody stupid 10-digit things with all sorts of symbols and stuff in them. Well, a, a hacker's now found a way to hack fingerprint passwords. And you can take... It's all you have to do is take a photograph of someone's hands. So at the 31st annual Chaos Computer Club conference in Hamburg, Germany, a hacker named Jan Chrysler pointed out the flaws in biometric password technology. Technology like the um, fingerprint sensor found on iPhone 6. Chrysler found that photographs of people's hands and fingers can recreate a person's fingerprint, which then can be used to hack into any of their devices that use fingerprint password entry. It's reassuring, isn't it? 
The hacker used pictures of German Defence Minister Ursula Gertrude von der Leyen. Blimey. Ursula Gertrude von der Leyen. They were taken from 10 feet away with a standard camera. They, he just took photographs of her hand with a standard camera from 10 feet away and with the help of Verifinger, which is used to make fingerprint identifying hardware, Chrysler was able to recreate von der Leyen's fingerprint and use the phone. However, don't freak out just yet about um, somebody getting your fingerprint and hacking into your iPhone. It's less likely to happen to a normal person. I mean, somebody's not going to follow me around and take photographs of my hand so they can hack into my phone. I'm fairly confident of that. Um, but if you're high, pro- high profile and you've got some sensitive stuff on your phone, particularly as they become more and more used for a whole range of um, different, different um, applications, could be a problem. Of course, the one catch, of course, is that you need to not only get their fingerprint, but you need to steal their phone as well, and that's probably a little bit harder. You're listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business. We're here to assist entrepreneurs to become successful. So if you've got a question about any aspect of business, I don't care what it is. It can be finance. It can be technical. It can be whatever. If I don't know the answer, I'll find out for you. Don't hesitate to email me. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Com, and we will answer it on air or we'll email you directly. So make sure you subscribe to my monthly newsletter. It's sent out. It's been sent out now for about 12 years or maybe more than that now, 14 years. Um, it's sent out to 16,000 business executives in 60 countries every month. So sign up now. The next one, because it's January, I didn't send one out at the start of the month, but I will try to get one out by next weekend. So make sure get on to bobpritchard.com and sign up for the newsletter. You're listening to Voice America Business and I'll be back after this break with my friend from Metal, George Kansas, who for many years has been a performance coach to executives, entrepreneurs, athletes and artists. He's actually a bloody good bloke as well, which if you're not Australian, despite the fact that I've been living in America for 27 years, I still sound Australian sometimes just like I just did. What I meant was by he's a uh, great bloke is that he's a good guy. <laughs> and uh, in, the, in 2005, in the midst of launching a boutique record label and a relief concert series called Rock to Rebuild, he was diagnosed with a rare leukemia and uh, wasn't given much chance. But just five months later, he was cancer free. So after the break, we'll discuss how he did it and how that assisted him to be an even better performance coach. This is Bob Pritchard, live from Los Angeles, and I'll be back with George in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. 
Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people, people who are doing different things, people who are taking initiatives, and people that are um, enjoying great success and are making a difference. Now, there's some extraordinary, talented people in this world, and uh, I'm amazed on a daily basis just how many unbelievable people there are and I love to speak with them because there's so much that they can teach us about such a almost a um, an infinite number of subjects and my aim in these interviews is not to um, not to be controversial or to give them great promotion for what they're doing but to find out what are the characteristics that these people have that make them great, that make them different, that make them unusual. And to find out what it is that each of us can learn from them. Well, from 1995 to 2005, George Kansas was a performance coach to executives, entrepreneurs, athletes and artists. He's a practicing attorney, but we'll put that aside for a minute. There are some nice attorneys out there, I promise you. And a single father of two, um, George's work focused on helping busy people strike a healthy, nurturing balance between professional and personal responsibilities and physical and spiritual growth. Now, as all of us know that are in business, it is unbelievably hard to balance your personal and your business life and to keep everybody happy. More importantly, I reckon, with today's pressures, it's very difficult to ensure that you are personally happy. I know so many people that are on a treadmill and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, not really enjoying themselves but not knowing how the hell to get off or how to make their stay on the treadmill more enjoyable. Now in 2005, in the midst of launching a boutique record label and the relief concert series called Rock to Rebuild, George was diagnosed with a rare leukemia, which had completely destroyed 100% of his bone marrow. Just five months later, after employing a rigorous combination of medical science, creative visualization, visualization is so powerful. 
so many people don't practice it and don't understand it, but there's no question that visualization, if you're an athlete or a performer, visualization makes the difference between success and a great show or failure in many cases. And his self-developed biotransformative meditation and George became cancer-free. Now, through that experience, George realized that the business, sports, spiritual and relationship lessons that he'd been teaching for donkey's years played an important role in saving his own life. Now, at the dawn of the internet, George joined forces with speaking greats, Zig Ziglar. He was he was amazing in his time. I um, worked with him in Australia when I was still there, and I've been here for 27 years, so it was <laughs> longer ago than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy, and Brian Tracy and I wrote a book together um, some time ago to launch the world's first online coaching platform and led in the development of the Internet's first content delivery for motivational and inspirational business and personal development recordings. So that's, that's quite an achievement. Since his recovery, George has run marathons, published seven books, spoken of tens of thousands of people across North America. He's trained hundreds of runners to run their first races and support retreat events for survivors and caregivers. That's not a a bad sort of a resume, and it's also very inspirational. Hi, George. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Hi, Bob. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for that introduction. I noticed that if somebody wants to get in touch with you, the contact is rockstarmonk.com and also um, what else did I just just notice the um, concert series Rock to Rebuild so do you and I have something in common I spent my first 20 odd years as a, a performer you you got performance in you uh, I, I think I, well, I have a little performance in me that I, I express that through my speaking. You know, the, the musician in me, uh, is still a little clumsy with the keyboard. So I leave that to the professionals. <laughs> what I do is I help the professional. I help get the best performance out of the professionals. <laughs> so the, the, the concert series was born just out of compassion for children who were left stranded by the tsunami, uh, right. you know, 10 years ago. Yep. Yep. And um, we helped build, we helped put the first tents on the ground to protect kids from predation and homelessness and starvation. And uh, that was born purely out of, hey, we got to do something about this, you know. Yep. That's great. And, that and, and, and my relationships with the musicians, you know, Becky, so that's where that came from. Yeah, I think um, in Australia, of course, the sort of, I think the awareness of the tsunami and its devastation was probably far greater than here because of the um, Closer to, close tie with, 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 um, with Asia. But um, yeah, what an yeah. incredible cause. So um, in your story, there's a heavy emphasis on single parenthood and your brush with cancer. Now, what do those two things have in common with performance coaching? (laughs) That's a great question. I guess if you can handle Uh, kids, you can handle anything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that, okay? Uh, You know that expression, if you have one, one's not enough and two's too many. I don't know if that's true or not, but... uh, 
certainly being a single parent, you know, I was 29 years old, uh, put in a situation where I was solely responsible for raising my kids. And the right. first thought was, oh my goodness, there's no way I'm prepared for this. Yep. And as a student of the human condition, you know, as a, as a fan of Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and these guys that I ended up eventually working with, sure. I knew that I had inside me the seeds of the solution to everything, you know, that I would possibly encounter. And Everything? so, what? Well, you know, I had been teaching this stuff with with executives and athletes, like you, you said, and I had been really helping people stay focused on setting goals, understanding their purpose, staying motivated, staying inspired. I knew that those same rules, if you will, or those same strategies or skills or tools would help me as a parent, and of course, they did. Right. And then when I was diagnosed with with cancer. I was I was in real trouble. Like you said, my bone marrow was completely destroyed. I had no mechanism with which to create new blood. So here I am, literally going to bed every night in the hospital, presuming that I would not wake up. You know. Yeah. And my only the the only thing that I could go to was the practices and the skills and the and the truths that I had come to understand that that I had applied as a single dad. You know, yep. stay focused on what's important. Stay focused on what you believe in. Uh, affirm what you believe in. Appreciate what you have. What we appreciate, appreciate. So I focused on my gratitude. I focused on my understanding of what was going on inside my body. As a scientist and a biologist from college, I knew sort of I had an understanding, at least a rudimentary understanding of what was going on in my body. And yep. so I focused and concentrated as I had with my children, concentrate on what is in front of us, concentrate on what we do have, and and focus on the way we want it to be. And when I did that, what I, what I really understood, the common thread through all of those, and the most direct answer to your question of how those things, what those things have in common, is that the vocabulary we choose to describe what we're going through, Bob, absolutely and powerfully influence what we actually experience. Right. So, you know, if if we're if we're ill or if we're experiencing disease, and if you separate that word out, dis-ease, yep. and we want to experience ease, well then concentrate on ease. You know, like Jig Ziglar, I remember he said this in a recording I heard years and years and years ago. He said, if you're digging for gold, you don't look for the dirt. Yeah. And so whether you're raising children or killing yourself from cancer or working with an NFL athlete who for some reason is, is experiencing hitting a, hitting a performance ceiling and right. needs to break through it, in, in either of those situations – you're not digging for the dirt. You're digging for the gold. Yeah. And so you concentrate on the gold and you visualize the gold and you, you know, that's what you talk about. And, yeah. and Earl Nightingale, I, I'm sure you're a fan too. Yeah, I Earl was a Nightingale fan. changed my life when yeah. I heard him say these words. You are what you think about. What you think about becomes real. Yeah. You know? And who you and associate with. Is who you become too. If you, if you, um, right. 
if, if, if you associate with people who sit on the couch and eat chips all day and watch Oprah and get fatter and fatter, you're going to be one of them. If you mix with people like yeah. the people at Metal, you're going to have a totally <laughs> different perspective on the world. I agree with that. Now, there's nothing like illness, though, is there, to focus your mind and get you back to what's real. I had a major heart attack mm. 12 years ago. And... I didn't know that. I must admit it didn't last. <laughs> it lasted for a, a while, but then it sort of wore off. But when I first um, started recovery and I, you know, I was struggling to walk upstairs and I ran, ran out of breath very mm. easily, I was really focused. But then that focus sort of drifted away and I got back into the rat race of what I now do. Um, how mm. do you maintain that... Um, Perspective. When you um, when you became cancer free, how did you then maintain that focus on an ongoing basis? Yeah, that's a great question, Bob. I, you know, there's a great book that I just absolutely love uh, by a guy named Wallace Waddles called "The Science of Getting Rich." And while it's particularly, you know, it's obviously focused on how to make money and, and, right. and uh, amass wealth, but it, it has such golden nuggets for us. Uh, he talks about this one concept of right thinking, okay? So yep. you've got to keep the right ideas in your mind, and we have to exercise our will to continue right thinking. And this is where I love this word discipline. Yep. You know, I grew up, I don't know about you, my upbringing was fairly strict. I was raised by, a, my parents were wonderful. My father was an ultimate overachiever, right. genius, photographic memory, world-renowned surgeon, the whole deal. And so it was it was a fairly strict household, right? And right. so discipline for me, I, I grew up thinking discipline was a, was a downer of, a, of yeah. an experience. You know, yeah, makes life too hard. To, <laughs> yeah, right. It's and and not fun, right? Yeah, exactly. But what I learned from working with athletes in particular was that discipline is really self care in advance. Okay. And so, if we look at that, it changes the world. It changes the whole worldview. If I think of myself, let's say next. Sunday we have a live event, right? right? And I know that I've got to be in the zone for that live event because we give every, you know, as a speaker, you take that stage, you put that yep. microphone in your hand, you want to pour into these folks, right? And yep. we do speaker training. So when we do a live event, it's like we're ready to pour into these people. So if I know ahead of time that I got to be in the zone and I plan the next couple weeks to prepare for that moment, where I take the mic and I go and give everything I've got, well then, everything I do in the meantime is caring for that version of myself that will take the stage. Right. And so, I when I keep that. somebody yeah. disciplined, you, you get that? So, yeah, I do. I so get because it. then, the athletes, and, and I've worked with veterans, you know, uh, uh, what, what do they call it? The special forces guys? Yep. They say, the more we sweat in practice the less we bleed in battle i'm sure that's true too <laughs> right yeah. so so like yeah it's self-care like i'm i'm saving my butt in advance you yeah. know yeah and so so that that is how to get to the answer to your question is that is how i maintain the gratitude the focus on because i 
I implement a daily practice and it, that's my discipline. Right. I take care of the 9 p.m. version of myself by meditating for 45 minutes at 6.55 a.m. Yeah, I've got you. Now, just, you, just, you follow that? I do, I do. Now, just, just yeah. as an aside, who are the most difficult... You, you talked essentially about executives, sports persons, and performers. Who are the most... Yeah. And there's a great range of emotion in there because executives tend to be fairly hard-headed. Most of us think of athletes as being pretty thick <laughs> and performers and performers are extremely emotional. So yeah. if you look at those three categories, and I know that's very general, but um, which are the most difficult to um, discipline and inspire and get focused <laughs> Bob, I love the question. I've never had that question, and I love oh, it. Oh, I try um, to ask difficult. It, I try to ask yeah. interesting questions. <laughs> well, I love I love the questions that have a lot of potential to get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so it, it's a great question because here's the deal: everybody has a different uh, reason for being great clients, and everybody has a different reason for being a difficult client. For right. instance. Artists, I love working with performing artists because while sometimes they're the most challenging to keep focused, they're also almost across the board the most willing to go deep into the emotional stuff yeah, because they kind of live people. out there. You know, they live out there on the edge. Their, their art depends on them being vulnerable and exposed, you know? Yes, yes. Especially, especially actors, performing artists, you know? Yeah. And then, then you've got the executives who are the toughest nuts to crack emotionally. Yep. yep. But, but they see the payoff really quickly. Like, once they see it, I got them. I know that they're going to pour in. They're going to jump into the work. They're going to be willing to expose and talk about their childhood and their kids and their relationships and all this stuff. And so they may be the toughest nuts to crack, but once I do, they, you know, we got them. And then the athletes, you know, it's funny. I totally get it. I mean, I was an, I was a student athlete as a young man. I competed uh, skiing professionally and amateur racer. And, and I get that sort of, you know, we're not known for our, for the rocket surgery, rocket science, you know, but yeah. some of the, some of the athletes I've worked with have been, some of the brightest people and their focus, like they approach their athleticism or their performance scientifically. Like they're really into the VO2 max and, the, yeah, and all of the science. Like, yeah. It's you know? yeah. Yeah. I because agree. what we know about our bodies now compared to even 10 years ago, it's crazy, right? Yeah. I was reading. What we know about how. I was reading in yeah. the, in the, um, airplane coming back from Brazil uh, that they've now developed um, I guess their chips they put into the body and the chips measure their heart rate their 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 speed of reacting to things I mean they get this it's like a Formula One car you know Formula One car's got 250 sensors that sends this information yeah. to some giant computer who sorts out how the car's going they're doing the same thing with people with athletes yeah 
and it's yeah. really quite extraordinary. And the increase in performance is amazing. <laughs> it's just well, amazing. Because do you remember? Yeah. Well, do you remember? Oh boy, this was back in uh, I don't even like the late sixties, maybe early seventies. I know we were just starting to use it in skiing in in the eighties. Well, I think we called it biofeedback. Remember that? Yep. So when you see your heart rate going up, you can think about calming down or whatever, and you can watch your heart rate go down. Yeah. They've taken that idea of you know real-time data collection and analysis. They've taken that idea of biofeedback to the, oh, my gosh, you know, we're just holy cow with it that we can do with that information now. Yeah. I... I <laughs> I must admit, I find it, find it rather ironic that you can't blood dope, you can't take your blood out and super oxygenate it and pump it back into your body, but you can fill your body with chips that you know, report to a computer somewhere. I have a problem with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, fair. I think you know what? I don't get into the ethical, say, you know, that uh, that piece so much because it's a slippery slope to be sure. And I get it. I totally agree what you're saying. It, it's. Uh, Oh my goodness! There's no shortage of irony in in our, you know, what we think is important no, on the true. battlefield. For instance, I mean, my, I've worked with the NFLPA, the Players Association. You yeah. know, where where these guys, these warriors, you know, they put their bodies on the line and punish themselves. Yes, and I yet, amazingly and I so. Working, yeah, amazingly People so. People like, don't so realize the damage done to bodies. Yeah. Oh. And then when they retire, there's nobody there to teach them, you know, okay, this is what you got to do to manage your money so you're not bankrupt in five years. This is what you got to do to manage your relationship so you're happy in 10 years. This is what you got to do to manage your health so that you're alive in 15 years. And it, like that's what some of the work that I ended up doing with these guys. And it's like, believe it or not, there's no, there's no plan for these guys. And unless they take it upon themselves. An interesting statistic, um, 86%, and I only happen to know that because of a client, but 86% of all professional soccer players in Europe, um, these are the guys that play for Man U and, and um, Real Madrid, etc. 86% of them are bankrupt within five years of stopping playing, and almost the same percentage have a totally broken relationship in the same period. That's, that's, that's tragic to me, 86%. don't you think? 86%. It, it, it's absolutely dreadful. Now, going back to, you're an attorney, and um, I'm interested in how being an attorney um, helped prepare you to coach executives, because I've got a few friends who are attorneys, and they say that... Um, to some degree, you have to stay detached from your clients because otherwise, if you got emotionally involved in every client and you lose 50 cases, you'd be a basket case. Mm. Um, yeah. So how does an attorney who is sort of skilled at staying detached um, prepare you to coach executives? How does – I would have thought the opposite would have been true, but how does that work? Yeah. I'll tell you, this is where it, it, it prepared me – by helping me realize how important it is to really, to now, when you're talking about someone's liberty, it's important to be detached enough to do your job very well. So if yeah. you're a criminal defense attorney sure. or whatever. But the work that I was interested in doing 
called me to go deep with people. I wanted to go deep with people. I wanted to get the best deal and I wanted to know why, for instance, why it was important to them. I found that if I knew why it was important to them to get that extra quarter of a million dollars out of the deal, besides just doing it, you know, uh, it, it meant more to me. And yeah. so I realized that I'm gonna be able to do that more as a consultant and a coach than I am as an attorney. And what I found is that the attorney piece got me into the room with some of these people. And then I had to switch gears because in New York State where I was practicing, you couldn't bill yourself as an attorney and a consultant. You had to have separate advertising, you had to do right. business as separate entities and all that stuff. And so I, that's when I realized by working, I had this one executive in particular, he was a Fortune 500 executive, he had actually hired me to represent him in buying a yacht. <laughs> and uh, I, that's how we got to know each other. And when, when we realized we had similar passions for human motivation and psychology and spirituality, he said, you know, I want you to talk to my guys about what you're doing. And he hired me to coach his sales team. 12 right. men and women across the country. And and that's how my coaching was born. And this was back in 1992, you know, before coaching. And you know, who the heck, what was a coach, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, and now every Tom, really, Dick, and Harry's a coach. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, well. Or calls like himself a coach. It's, it's, yeah, there's a, there's certainly a lot of that, and and I you know I do take great comfort knowing that I was out there <laughs> in the beginning, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would say the law practice for me really really brought into specific relief. You know, there are people who are good at different things, yes. and there are, I'm good for whatever reason. It's the gift that was put in me when I was born. You know, yeah. you're great at asking questions and getting people to open up on the radio. I'm really good at getting people to open up and really talk deeply about why things are important to them. Right. Of course, when you have that information, I can I can help them make it happen. Yeah. I can help them with the visualization, and I can help them with the goals, and I can help them with the interpersonal relationships, and I can help them express their message on stage when they didn't have that skill before. So, okay, going. Yeah. You spent. Um a lot of time as a single father, and I assume now that you married again. Um, did I you get did. married before yeah. or after your bout with cancer? After. I just, um, I, I, we're coming up on my 10-year cancerversary, we call it. Right. And uh, the, you know, the, the, I had been speaking throughout that 10 years after my recovery. I continued my corporate speaking, and, and actually a corporate gig is what brought me out to L.A., yeah. Uh, just about, it'll be two years ago in May. And I had just begun establishing a relationship with a woman out here in LA. Some friends had been hounding me to, to, to get in touch with her. They had been hounding her to get in touch with me for years. No kidding. Finally, we started having a friendship by text. And oh, you'll appreciate that yeah. you're a speaker. So I sent her a text. I said, so our friends tell me that we're destined to rock the stage together. Should I go ahead and book Madison Square Garden now, or should we be first? <laughs> <laughs> There's that rock thing again. Yeah, I think, it, I think if I went to your hot. house, there'd be Rolling Stones posters all over the place. 
<laughs> hey, look. Okay, Bob, I haven't hung a poster in years. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how has your marriage influenced your attitude to your personal life and your business life? I think, oh, man. Well, what happened was I came out here to do this speaking gig. We met face-to-face. Five days later, I was, not even five days later, three days later, I was totally in love. Two weeks later, we were engaged, and two weeks after that, we were married. Very so cool. So 35 days from the day I we like met. I like those stories. So, you know, for me, uh, our relationship, now I married a professional speaker, also a coach, and she's phenomenal. You know, we together, we love managing the energy in a room. We love speaking from stage together. We love doing that work together. And we love how how my marriage has affected this all is that it really has deepened my commitment to to the spiritual piece of it all. Because for me, I mean, I've had a, I've had an important spiritual practice my my whole adult life. You know, there was a period of time where I sort of had rejected the spirituality of my upbringing because it didn't sure. quite fit. And, you know, people go through that. And, yep. and then I sort of discovered my own truth and my own set of truths throughout my cancer experience, which was profound. Yep. And then meeting Tracy, Tracy Trottenberg, she's an amazing speaker, and, and meeting her, for me, was sort of the, the ultimate affirmation that when we do our work, when we concentrate on what's important to us, when we affirm to ourselves that we're doing the right thing, when we express gratitude to the universe or God or whatever your vocabulary calls yep. for, you know, then good things keep coming. And for Tracy to come into my life in the moment she did and to, to have the synchronicity unfold the way it did was sort of like just this giant affirmation for me that I was on the right track. And so what our relationship does for me every day is remind me that that I'm I'm doing what I'm here to do. I'm living my purpose. And that the past 10 years, for instance, haven't been wasted. You know, they've been invested wisely. Now, we're just about out of time, but one quick question. Um, yeah. we, we know that there's this extraordinary variety of people on this planet with different attitudes to almost everything. Is there, something, is there something that the majority um, of people, men and women, want more than anything? Is there any sort of common thing that people want? Yeah. What I have found in working with men through the Omega Mindset Project, working with women through our work, my work with Tracy and the amazing women community, is that women want more than anything, especially in relationship, to feel safe. And men want more than anything to feel invincible. And when a woman helps and, and is mindful of that, and can help her man feel invincible. And when her man can help her where he can to feel safe. Yeah, they, they, they're that intertwined man, in a long Yeah. Yeah, yeah that man and that woman, woman has the key to each other's heart. Yeah. You know, I and, get that. And when, yeah. So when we figure that out, when we figure that out for ourselves, what makes us feel safe, what makes us feel invincible, 
number one, we're in a better position to take responsibility for that ourselves. And number two, we can create that space for our partners. And that could be the ideal partner we're still looking for or the partner we woke up with this morning and we need to fix things or whatever. That, that, that little true, double-edged truth there has been, has been profound understanding for me. I agree entirely. George, thank you very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. I really do appreciate it. Now, if you'd like to find out more about George, go to rockstarmonk.com. Now, you can't forget that, rockstarmonk.com. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show after this short message. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. I hope you enjoyed the uh, interview with George. Uh, very interesting guy, great trainer, and uh, a really good guy. And you know, we all need performance coaching, let's face it. Um, you know, Very few of us are born with all the skills that we need to be successful, so performance coaching is very important. Welcome back to the second Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Business Show for 2015. We're in Los Angeles this week. And if you're just now returning to work, Please remember, bite off more than you can chew. Don't settle for what's easy. Bite off more than you can chew and then chew like hell. Most importantly, enjoy yourself doing it. If you're working for somebody you don't want to work with or you're doing a job that you hate, don't do it. Life's too short. So get out and do stuff that you love and enjoy yourself. Now, this is a segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners all over the world. And uh, I love this segment because, you know, I speak very regularly all over the planet. I've spoken in 63, 64 countries. And um, it's amazing, no matter where you go, you get asked the same questions. Every business in every part of the world has exactly the same problems. So I get a lot of emails from people um, in business asking about running social media marketing campaigns and how to create viral campaigns on YouTube. 
and you know many people that contact us are motivated by the belief that social media is booming well, that's true and that marketing on social media is very inexpensive well that ain't true first of all it takes a hell of a lot of time to do it properly and there's a lot of tricks and it's a channel where you need to be pretty skilled so for example a lot of people stick up a video and think, wow, this is going to take off. This is going to become a viral sensation. Well, it may. There's one in a million chance that it might. But what actually happens, it can cost you up to 100 grand with absolutely no guarantee of success. So my advice to all businesses, and particularly entrepreneurs, is to consult with a digital agency. It's really important. Now, as you know, and I've mentioned a couple of times, I'm working with a company called Kisaguru, which is a new online insurance company in South America. And I had the pleasure of meeting last week with a hugely talented digital agency. They have clients like Netflix and, and Apple and, you know, just a whole, not a whole string, but probably a dozen really strong um, online digital companies. And we spent quite a number of hours together, actually, last Saturday. And uh, it rapidly reinforced my view that engaging the skills of a good digital agency, that's an absolutely essential investment. You know, it may cost you marginally more than doing it yourself, but the results will be infinitely Superior, You know, there's so many tricks now and so many great tools that they can use to get you phenomenal exposure. I mean, it's really quite amazing. So if you're thinking about that, then make sure, thinking about digital marketing, make sure you get a really good digital agency. There's a lot of them around, but, you know, it if you want to win a formula, kick the Formula One race, don't drive the car yourself. Get somebody who's great at it because it will make a big difference. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show and you're benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to the monthly newsletter I mentioned before. Send in your questions. Email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Follow me on Twitter. Facebook, Google+, become my friend on LinkedIn. I use it all the time, and it's been fabulous for me. And if you've got a particular guest you'd like me to interview or a particular topic you'd like me to address, please email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs. And remember, if you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at the same time. I'm just racing off to a movie premiere in Hollywood tonight, so I've got to run. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.